I'm Mallory King, certified trainer and sports nutritionist and creator of the Fit Life Academy brand. After losing 100 pounds, I became obsessed with helping women finally reach their goals through evidence-backed nutrition and brain-based tools. My life's mission is helping you discover that creating food freedom and falling in love with fitness are the greatest acts of self-care. I'm so glad you're tuning in today, and I know you're ready to say yes to your new life of joy, pleasure, and peace. So let's begin. Hey, FitFam. All right, so in the last episode, we talked about forming the habit of positive self-talk. We talked about how the way that you talk to yourself currently is just a habit that you're in. And to create a new habit of positive self-talk, it requires practice, repetition, and anything that you would need to do in any other area of creating a new habit in your life. It's no different with the way you talk to yourself. So in this episode, I want to dig into some key factors or a framework around how to build a new habit in anything, as well as how to break an unappealing or bad habit. Now, what we're going to talk about today are some concepts from the book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you haven't read the book yet, it's a good book. It's very pragmatic. It's to the point easy to digest, and has a lot of really great insight and resources for building habits in your life. Atomic Habits is actually a book that we are reading in FitLife Academy as a part of our book club for FitLife Academy. We just started the FitLife Academy book club uh, last month, so this is our first run through for it, but every quarter we are going to be reading a different book. So currently we are in our New Year's challenge for FitLife Academy. It's a 12-week program. We do it every season, so our next challenge will be starting at the end of March for the spring challenge, and that will be when we start a new book. So you do not have to be in FitLife Academy to join the book club if you want to read the book and follow along with us. You can join our Discord. I will put the link in the description of this podcast episode. But I wanted to talk about some of the concepts from the book Atomic Habits, and I wanted to relate those concepts to a fitness and wellness journey. So first, we're going to discuss how to create a new habit. And the framework of creating a new habit is literally the opposite of breaking a bad habit. So it'll be pretty simple to go through this. Again, if you've already, it doesn't matter if you've already read the book or haven't read the book, taking in this podcast episode will be greatly helpful for you if you are on a health and fitness journey and you're trying to form new habits surrounding health and fitness. These concepts can drastically make your life easier. I wish I understood this at the beginning of my journey. I think that I had to learn some of these things just from experience. So having this framework at the start of your journey, whoo, buddy, you are one big step ahead of the rest of us. So let's get right into it. How do you form a new habit? Well, the book Atomic Habits by James Clear says that you need four things, four steps to create a new habit. The four steps are one, make it obvious. Two, make it attractive. Three, make it easy. And four, make it satisfying. So in the last episode, we talked about, when we talked about positive self-talk and we talked about needing to create this new habit in your life means starting with awareness, obviously being aware that you want to make the change and then setting the intention. So as we dig into this forming of the new habit, we're basically assuming that you have already done those two things. You already are aware that you wanna make the change, that you have a problem, 
struggle, whatever it is, and then you have your intention set. That's just your goal or your vision for what change you want to create. So once you've done those two things, and now you work through these four steps. The first one is make it obvious. Make this new habit that you want to create obvious to you. So what does that mean? Well, an Example of this would be if you're trying to get into the habit of going to the gym. How do you make going to the gym more obvious? Well, I actually used this technique in the beginning of my fitness journey where I would put out my workout clothes the night before, my everything I needed, my sports bra, my leggings, my socks and shoes, my hair tie. Um, I would even fill up my water bottle the night before, get my snack for me. I would, uh, for myself, I would just have a banana or a protein bar on the way to the gym. Um, when I started my fitness journey, I would just wake up and go straight to the gym. That was the time that it worked best for me. So to make make that habit obvious, it was a lot easier when I had these things in my environment, right? Because I just got out of bed, I saw all of my workout gear sitting there, threw it on and got out the door and made it a lot easier, right? So another example would be of making like a habit more obvious is utilizing cues like a alarm or a phone notification. This, these two are both great ideas for if you're working on something like with your, your mindset. So if you're working on wanting to do your habit is like, I want to start doing positive, positive affirmations every day. If you want to start doing positive affirmations every day and it's not already a habit in your life, you make it obvious by setting an alarm on your phone. Whatever time it is, 8 a.m. every day, I do my five minutes of positive affirmations, right? Um, So the next one is making it attractive. So making a new habit attractive, what could that mean? Well, going back to the gym example, if you want to make it attractive to go to the gym, Literally think about the aesthetics of the gym experience. So investing in a couple of new workout gear pieces. So maybe like a really cute yoga mat or a really cute new sports bra or some really cute new shoes. Um, Picking an environment that is aesthetically pleasing. So literally for me, like the gym that I go to was chosen because I love the vibe of the gym. I love the environment and the energy there. There are other gyms in my area that I could have chose, but I didn't feel like it was an attractive environment, meaning like it it wasn't very well lit or bright. It just didn't have the energy that I liked, that I found personally appealing. And another example, when we talked about the positive self-talk, so making it obvious by setting the alarm or a phone notification reminder. So to make a positive self-talk habit more attractive, you could use something like pet your dog while you're doing your positive affirmations or dance around your, your room to your favorite song while you're doing your positive affirmations. That makes it sound more appealing, right? Makes it sound more enjoyable. The next part, number three to forming a new habit is make it easy. Make it easy. So for a gym, pick a gym close to your home right? Like if my gym was 20 minutes from my house, I would be less likely to show up. My gym is five minutes from my house. So it's a lot easier to show up. If you are working out after work, find a gym that is on your commute home. You're much more likely to stop there if your gym is literally on your route home. Uh, the, The putting out the workout clothes is also a way to make it easier. You're making it easier and more obvious when it's right there in front of you. 
When we talk about self-talk, making it easier would be doing a very short practice that you enjoy. So if you're doing positive affirmations or if you're doing scripting or journaling, use utilize those tools for three to five minutes. That's really all that's necessary. Same thing with the gym and making the gym easier. Don't go into the gym being a newbie and, and trying to do this really advanced, really like intense, long workout. If you're trying to build the habit of going to the gym, make it easy to build the habit of going to the gym. That's a, an issue that I see so many people get stuck on when they're starting a fitness journey is they want to go balls to the wall. They want to go zero to a hundred. So they make the intention of, I'm going to start going to the gym four times a week. Or a lot of people, they, they go way too hard with the frequency. They're like, I'm going to start going to the gym six days a week when they're coming from literally no activity, no workouts at all. That's not going to be a very easy habit to create, right? If you want to create an easy habit and you're coming from the place of not being used to working out, not being in the habit at all of showing up to the gym, just start with a habit of going two or three times a week, right? That makes it easy. That makes it way more doable. And this is a strategy that we utilize in Fit Life Academy. Fit Life Academy, we only require three workouts. The way that we structure our workouts ensures that you can build muscle and lose fat build strength and see results on just three workouts a week. But we do three workouts a week mainly for the reason that it is practical for the majority of the population. So a lot of people, when they sign on to Fit Life Academy, they're coming from trying so many different apps and different programs and following different fitness influencers that have them going to the gym six days a week and they come to Fit Life Academy and they're like, I can't stay consistent with going to the gym. I always fall off. I'll do it for a couple of weeks and then I'll get exhausted. I'll get burnt out. Life happens and I stop. And so we talk to them about the benefit of starting with a more practical approach. Build the habit of getting to the gym three times a week first, right? That's a lot easier of a habit to build than going from zero to six days a week. So that's something to think about when you're trying to create a new habit and anything in your life, make it fucking easier. Don't make it harder. <laughs> that's the problem that so many of us have is we want, we think that we like have to make ourselves miserable to be successful. We have to punish ourselves to be good enough. And that's not the case. You can literally enjoy this process, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy. And finally, make it satisfying. Oh, one other thing that I did want to say about making it easy. So yeah, with like a mindset practice, keep it to five to 10 minutes most. Most of the practices that I do daily are like three to five minutes long. And I do a few different practices. So total, I'm spending like 20, maybe 30 minutes on my mindset work. I have been in a place where like I would I would try to do it all. I would try to do all the different techniques, all the different tools, and that gets you very discouraged about the practice, right? You're like, ugh, I gotta go do this hour and a half long meditation. I don't want to, right? Like you can probably relate to that. If you've ever tried meditating and you find this guided meditation that's 30 minutes long or you decide to set your alarm, you're like, okay, I'm gonna try this meditation for 20 minutes. Even if you're just starting out with meditation, you try it for 10 minutes and you're like, this is fucking hell. This is awful. I'm miserable. <laughs> Meditation is really hard. 
Um, start with start with three to five minutes. Seriously, this is actually something I forget. I don't think it's Atomic Habits that talks about this. Maybe a different book that I read recently, but it really stuck with me where the author was talking about when you're trying to create these new habits. So a great example is with like something that's like mindset related. So journaling or affirmations. Do it for just a couple minutes. Don't sit down and say, okay, I have to journal for 30 minutes right now because then it feels way more daunting than it needs to be. And you can also apply this to the gym. If it feels really daunting for you to be going to the gym for a full hour, even, you know, you're trying to do the three days a week and you're like, okay, this still sucks. I'm here for an hour. I'm, I don't like it. I'm tired of it. Start with 20 minutes. Start with 30, like whatever you have to do to just start the habit. Right. So think about how you can make it easier. If you create this goal that you want to develop this really big, really complex, really like huge leap from where you are right now habit, you're less likely to stick to it. Right. You're much more likely to stick to this new habit if you make it easy and you can stack the new habits that you're creating. So you create the habit of going to the gym three days a week for 20 minutes. Now you can stack on that. Now you can work on, OK, I'm going to go to the gym for three times a week for 45 minutes. That becomes a habit. Okay, now I'm gonna go to the gym three times a week for one hour. That becomes a habit. Slowly ease in to these habits by starting with something that's easier. Start with the low hanging fruit. Okay, I wanna start going to the gym. I'll start going to the gym two days a week for 20 minutes. It doesn't matter, but if it's progress, if it's an improvement from where you are, that's something to celebrate and then you can stack from that. So the last one, number four, for creating a new habit is make it satisfying. So you want to reward yourself with something. You want to you want to basically um, kind of like the Pavlov effect where you're associating this new habit with something positive, with something rewarding. So if it is going to the gym, you can say, okay, when I stick to my habit or when I stick to my commitment of going to the gym, I'm going to reward myself with my favorite Starbucks coffee afterwards. Or if I stick to this commitment of going to the gym, I'm going to put a gold star on my calendar every time that I go to the gym. It doesn't have to be like this big reward. And quite honestly, I think it's important that you do keep it something that's just relatively small, just gives you a little moment of like, yay, I'm celebrating myself. I'm proud of myself. I feel satisfied because I do think it's very important to work on your ability to be able to delay gratification. I think it's really important to understand that some of the habits that you're creating, you're not seeing necessarily immediate effects from, but they do have long-term benefits. So for me, I love the calendar example. That's something that I've always used in my weight loss journey. Anytime that I'm doing um, a cut, so meaning I'm in a calorie deficit, I'm trying to lose weight, I will utilize a calendar where I cross off every day that I accomplish the commitments that I have. So if it's, you know, I want to get 10K steps in today, I'm going to go to the gym today, I'm going to eat 1,700 calories today, whatever my commitments are. Every time I do those things, I cross off that day. And I really like that visual tool because one, it does satisfy me to come home from the gym and cross off that day and say, hell yeah, I did everything I said I was going to do today. I feel really good about myself. But two, it's a really great tool for habit building when you have this visual way of seeing your, your results and seeing your progress. So when I look at the calendar at the end of the month, I can see that 25 days were crossed out. So it's like, wow, okay, 25 out of the 31 days, I was on point. I was crushing it. I was staying committed. I was fulfilled 
fulfilling the, the commitments that I created. And it really helps with people that are hung up in that all or nothing mentality to have a visual tool. So whether it is like you get some stickers and you get a calendar and every time you, you know, you do your workout, you put a sticker on the, on the day, or I know some people use a jar. So like they'll put, you know, anything, a, a quarter, a dollar, like, or even just a pebble. It doesn't have to be something fancy, but something that does give you that feeling of accomplishment. So making it satisfying. Now, to break a bad habit, we are literally just taking that same formula and we're doing the exact opposite. So the formula for creating the habit was making it obvious, making it attractive, making it easy, and making it satisfying. So to break a bad habit, you want to make it invisible. Instead of obvious, it's invisible. You want to make it unattractive. You want to make it difficult and you want to make it unsatisfying. So an example of making it invisible... This one comes up a lot with the scale. If you struggle with the scale, if you have a shitty relationship with the scale, if you beat yourself up every time you weigh yourself, if you obsess over the scale, stop fucking leaving the scale on your bathroom floor. (laughs) If you need to take a break from weighing yourself, have somebody hide it or you hide it somewhere where you're not seeing it every day. Another um, great example of making it less obvious or making it invisible would be with foods that you tend to overeat or binge on. So if you know me, you know I hate the term junk food. I don't like the negative connotation that comes with junk food. All food has value. All food is an energy source. However, most of us tend to, when we struggle with overeating, we tend to be overeating hyper palatable foods. So usually junk food is, that's what hyper palatable foods is categorized as, as junk foods. But all hyper palatable foods are, are foods that have a lot of sugars and fats and salts in them. So they're very appetizing, right? They, they provide us a heightened sensory experience when we're eating them. So things like chips, things like cookies, um, prepackaged foods that have a lot of seasonings in them are a hyper palatable food. And if you're trying to work on not overeating those foods, you're trying to break this habit of emotional eating or overeating, you want to make those foods invisible. Now, here's the caveat. We at Fair Life Academy do not believe in food restriction, meaning we don't believe in in taking away certain foods from your diet in the pursuit of health. Obviously, if you have an allergy or something like that, there's a dietary restriction that you have that's different. But if you're just trying to restrict a certain food because you think that you binge on it or you think it's stopping you from um, being able to lose weight, if you, you just think it's bad because it's categorized as a junk food, we are a huge proponent of food freedom, of allowing those foods in your diet and just having a a solid understanding of nutrition to be able to make informed, empowering choices about food and your body. So when we say make it invisible when it comes to food, I think that the answer here is to just be intentional about where you're keeping those foods. So for me, I have hyper palatable foods in my house, but instead of keeping those foods in the pantry where I have all of my more nutrient dense foods that I want my diet to be mainly um, mainly have in my diet 
I keep the hyperpalatable foods in a separate drawer in my kitchen. So it's a drawer that I'm not opening multiple times a day to create my breakfast, right? To cook my lunch, to put together a dinner. Every time I'm, I'm opening my pantry multiple times a day, every time I'm opening my pantry, I'm not seeing the chips, I'm not seeing the Oreos because Yes, I eat those foods, absolutely. And yes, I love the foods that I eat in my diet that are more nourishing. I love whole foods. I love whole grains. I love, you get the point, right? But if I'm looking at chips and Oreos every time I open my fucking pantry, you best believe I'll be like, oh, I want that. <laughs> that sounds good. Instead of this, you know, the eggs and toast and cottage cheese with fruit that I was going to make, I'm just going to have a couple Oreos, right? Or I'm just going to have that donut in there that's left over from the kids getting donuts last weekend. So um, making it invisible is not to say, to say that you need to fully eliminate those foods from your diet. Just being a little bit more intentional. So it's if you're trying to break that habit, you're not looking at those foods multiple times a day. The snack drawer that we have in our kitchen is something that I go into every night to enjoy a little treat at the end of the night, and that's it. Otherwise, I have no reason to go in that drawer, so I'm not looking at those things all day, every day. So the next one in breaking a bad habit is to make it unattractive. So when we talk about the positive self-talk, or you're trying to break the habit of negative self-talk in this case... Making it unattractive, <laughs> this is actually a really funny one, making it unattractive to be mean to yourself, to, to break that habit. What you could do here is set the intention that every time you catch yourself saying something mean about yourself, you have to say no aloud, really loud. This is something that I used, and I'm laughing right now because this is something that I used and I had to use it sometimes in public spaces because it was a commitment I made. If I really want to work on my mindset, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to make it unattractive and unappealing to beat myself up because it was unattractive and unappealing to have to yell no in a, in a doctor's office waiting room. I mean, not like yelling at the top of my lungs, but clearly stating no, like out of nowhere, I'm by myself, not talking to anybody. You get some looks, you get some people looking at you like you're a crazy person. So it's not ideal, right? It's not attractive to have to do that. So just thinking of anything that you can do to create, when we go back to making, forming the habit and making it attractive, when we talked about associating a practice that or this new habit with something positive, like petting your dog while you're doing your positive affirmations or dancing to your favorite song or, you know, doing something pleasing and pleasurable with this new habit, you want to do the exact opposite when you're trying to break a bad habit. So when you catch yourself in this bad habit, what can you do that makes it unappealing or unattractive? And yeah, I will tell you that that really helped me be more intentional about the way I was talking to myself to know that I had to embarrass myself in public um, to work on that habit. So number three in breaking a bad habit is to make the bad habit more difficult. So an, another example with positive self-talk or excuse me, with breaking the habit of negative self-talk would be that you commit to every time you say something mean about yourself, you have to do 10 push-ups. So this wasn't the one that I did. I did the one where I had to say no aloud. You could do one or the other. You could do both. You could pick your own. It doesn't matter. But this I thought was a really great idea that if you are trying to break the bad habit of 
being mean to yourself, you could make the commitment of doing 10 push-ups. You can also do this if you're trying to break that bad habit of avoiding the gym, right? If you're trying to, if you feel like you're in this bad habit of when you're done with work, you come home and you sit on the couch and you stay on the couch for the rest of the night, you could make that habit more difficult by making the commitment of, okay, every time I go to sit on my couch to watch TV, first I have to do 10 push-ups or I have to do 10 burpees or I have to do 25 crunches, whatever it is, you know, like Think about, you're going to have to really get unique in whatever it is, the habit that you're trying to create, but think about a way, and and also unique for you too, like what are things that are unappealing to you, what are things that are going to make it difficult for you, but just think about whatever habit that you're in, that you're trying to break, how can you make it difficult for you to actually do that habit? And the last one for breaking a bad habit is making it unsatisfying. So we talked about how we can make a habit, a new habit, more satisfying by rewarding yourself with something or having some kind of visual tool that makes you feel proud and accomplished. So if you're trying to break a bad habit and you want to make it unsatisfying, for some reason, I continue to want to go with this example. I think it's because I just recorded the podcast episode about positive self-talk, but if you're trying to break the, the habit of being mean to yourself, you could make the commitment that every time you say something mean to yourself, you have to give your pet the stink eye. <laughs> I swear to God, it's the worst feeling in the world to be mean to your animal, right? And like, we can't be meaner than the stink eye. There's nothing that we are capable of doing that's meaner than the stink eye. So that was the best that I came up with. But another example is every time you're mean to yourself, you can give away, you have to give away $1. Or every time you skip the gym, you have to give away $1. Or you can literally charge yourself to sit on the couch and watch TV. So every 30 minutes of TV, you put $10 in a jar. Um, You know, obviously this still does require you to have a level of accountability or commitment to be following through with some of these cues that we're talking about to make things less appealing. And to be quite honest with you, I am personally the type that likes to focus on the positive approach. So I personally only focus on the four steps or rules for creating a new habit. But there are some things that I did in my journey to like help me make bad habits less appealing, more difficult, more unattractive, or less obvious, right? So there are tools that I utilize to break the bad habits. But in my personal opinion, I think it's much more important to focus on how you can make your new habits more enjoyable. Because ultimately, to get rid of or break a bad habit, something else needs to take its place, right? You need to create a new positive habit. So if you're focusing on those four steps of forming a new habit, if you're focusing on making this new habit or new lifestyle more obvious, more attractive, easier and more satisfying, I think you're going to see all the success that you need But again, I do think that understanding the opposite side and how you can kind of make things more difficult or unappealing that you're trying to get move away from can be certainly very helpful. And those are some tools and techniques that I have utilized for myself. I don't really utilize them for clients. Again, I feel that positive reinforcement and focusing on the good and focusing on the positive seems to have a much better benefit for my clients and seeing the results and really seeing like a sustainable change in their life, right? When we focus on the good and when we focus on making these new habits enjoyable, 
it's a lot easier to stick with them because you actually fucking enjoy them, right? <laughs> Isn't that wild? So I hope you enjoyed this episode talking all about how to build new habits. And if you haven't already, definitely listen to podcast 15, where we talk about improving your self-talk because I think that these two episodes really go hand in hand. All right, I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today and I can't wait to see you next time.